next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who dat? And welcome back to Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as usual, Brendan Erdogan, alongside my co-host, Nate Williamson. We are coming off a huge, huge Saints win. Nate, are you eating a W right now? I'm stunting. I'm eating a W. I'm listening to some (laughs) NBA young boy. We're over here vibing and grooving like it's Mardi Gras in the French Quarter, brother. It was a great night, great Monday to follow it. Not often that I have a great Monday, but today was a great Monday. Sunday night football, 38-3 win, and maybe Drew Brees' last Sunday night football game ever. What a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And in the division, the Saints take a big lead, but it's not really a big lead, but they have a two-game lead up on the Bucs. Uh, they sit at 6-2. and two. The Bucs go down to 6-3. and three. They are first in the division. ESPN entering the game gave them a 30% chance to win the division. That flip-flops to 70%. <laughs> and even better, they now are number one – the number one seed in the whole NFC currently have a bye week with the Seattle Seahawks at two being at six and two. And they have a tiebreaker over the Packers. So the Packers are six and two. So out of nowhere, the saints come our first place in the division and the conference. How about that? That is insane. And honestly, I was just, as soon as you said those odds flipped, we should have put some money on that. Why did we not catch any odds? I bet there was at least one sports book out there where you could get some good odds on the Saints winning the division, or you could have made some money. But I just didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. And I wasn't as confident um, as I am now as I was like two days ago. But, you know, it's, it's fine. It's it's fine. But, man, what a flip-flop in literally the span of a couple hours. It's insane. Um and what a flip-flop for Tom Brady getting shown out by Mr. Sunday Night Football, Drew Brees. What a freaking way to go out and do it. And just I know, I know they don't dislike each other. And I can't see Drew Brees really flipping anybody off, but he just came out and he cranked it around like it's a jukebox, like you're a three-year-old in kindergarten or whatever. And he just straight up that was a big old middle finger from the Saints to Tampa Bay. Bleacher Report betting said that someone in Vegas put 500K on the Saints winning. Wow, that guy must have cashed out. Oh, my and God. And here, that, that might be the only guy who picked the Saints win this game because here's my opening rant. I have an opening rant for you guys. Literally, no one, not one soul, NFL Network, ESPN, CBS, you name the analysts, did not pick the Saints. They all picked the Buccaneers to win this game. Why? Because Buccaneers have played pretty good football. And the Saints haven't had that statement win yet. So, I mean, it was fair. But it's not like the, the freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming out and playing the New York Giants or the Jets. They're playing the New Orleans Saints, who are the most complete team, who has been the most complete team for the past three years, and pretty pretty well beat this team the first time. So, with no respect anywhere, everyone was just loving Tom Brady in this game. Not even fair. This is Brady's largest L ever in his career he's never lost by more than uh, i believe 30 points this was 35 points and they kicked the field goal at the end just not to get shut out what trash is that come on man you got shut out just accept it get on yeah. the bench there he was out there getting hit late 
This is Brady's first time ever being swept by a division opponent in 19 years. There's no quarterback in the NFL that has a better record against Tom Brady than Drew Brees, the true GOAT. Brees now is 5-2 and two versus Tom Brady. And his last Sunday night football game ever, maybe Drew Brees destroying Tom Brady. How about that? Our boy, our ma effing boy went out there and showed it. All of them did. All of them did. We can't trip. We can't just say it was Drew, you know, but what a win, man. What a win. And, you know, that win, like we said in the lat in the podcast before this game, that win was a lot more than the Saints taking the, the top of the division, the top of the conference. That win was honestly fundamental to, for me, unless some huge major cataclysmic thing goes wrong, knock on wood, in how Drew Brees is going to be remembered as well. Not just by the Saints, not just by you and I. I know our opinions are really important, but by the football community as a whole. Because for some people, that will be the last time that they watch Drew Brees play a football game in primetime. Um, even if we have a 16-team, a 32-team playoff you never know when you're going to get scheduled for that, what the Saints are going to do in the playoffs, how they're going to get screwed in the playoffs. You never know if we're going to see Drew Brees in primetime again. And if that's the last memory that half the country, a quarter of the country, 10% of the country has of Drew Brees as a football player, uh, then that's a hell of a way to go out. Let me tell you, you slam down one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. They should have just taken Tom Brady out of the game uh, at the point. He was just getting wrecked by Trey Hendrickson which I'm sure we'll talk about but mm -hmm. even at the end of the game the Saints defensive line looked like they were full go 100% and Tampa's offensive or offensive line versus defensive line Tampa's offensive line just looked horrible they looked like they didn't want to be out there and Tom Brady has the guts to not say okay we probably shouldn't kick this field goal that's kind of soft but I'm going to send my backup out there to kneel this so I don't take any uh, bad looks out there what a poser what a jerk that's not my goat that's not my goat i'll mm -hmm. take anybody my goat wouldn't do that absolutely not and before we talk about this offense the first thing i want to talk about on this show is the defense because they have caught so much heat everyone's been hating on them rightfully so they haven't played well but tonight this was our sunday night this was all about the defense start to finish this offense wouldn't have been as good if the defense wasn't played as well as they as they did because they would have got less possessions and Tom Brady would have gone down and got points and shoot the clock. But the pass rush was elite. It was at an elite level on Sunday night. That was the reason that the back end played so well, that the linebackers played so well, is because Brady was pass rushed every single play. From the literally the first play, Cam Jordan's in his face was a bad throw. Every single play from there on out, there was someone in Brady's face he wasn't comfortable. That helps Marshawn. That helps Janoris. That helps Malcolm. That helps everyone in the back end. And it makes that defense so much better with Trey Hendrickson having a phenomenal game. Three straight sacks, but only two counted. I mean, it was just out of his mind. Cam, they only got three sacks in the night. It felt like they had 15, but they, they hit Tom Brady more than enough times to win this game. Lattimore versus Evans. Of course, he's not catching football on Lattimore because Lattimore is a Hall of Famer against Mike Evans. He had two targets, both uh, goal line fades. Um, it's not going to work. I mean, you're just asking. That play is just a drawn up. Hopefully, we get a flag in back-to-back -back plays. Lattimore shut Evans down once again. He posted that on Twitter. See you next year. Yeah, no, high key. Marshawn Lattimore is the best cornerback ever. 
at guarding Mike <laughs> Evans, at guarding Mike Evans. It's insane. I've never seen, and I would love to see a statistic for, you know, give him a little credit. Mike Evans, solid receiver. I don't think anybody's going to tell you otherwise. If they do, they're probably a really diehard Saints fan or a really diehard Carolina fan, which is fine. No, no hates on that, but Mike Evans, a solid receiver. And for Marshawn Lattimore to just show him up like that is absolutely to me, likely pretty unheard of in the history of 1v1 matchups. As far as it goes, usually the focus is this team shuts out this team. You know, the Patriots sweep a division rival every year or whatever. But uh, the one-on-one comparisons for these guys has to be historic for me. Uh, the way that Marshawn Lattimore has tied Mike Evans up by his hands and feet and thrown him in a dumpster every time they've played since that last altercation. Round of applause for the secondary. Please, everyone at home, just yeah. give a round they of applause for the secondary. Great. There was great coverage, great communication. There was a few deep balls. One Antonio Brown. Jonoris was all over, should have been picked. And Tom Brady has seven interceptions this season. Five have been to the Saints. He had oh, three. That feels so good. <laughs> three to the Saints in this one. Two in week one. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, which was a horrible throw. I don't know what he was doing. If Drew Brees threw that, he'd be getting so much slack. But it's Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. Uh, we we got to protect him. One to David Onyemata, which was a great play by Davenport to get his hands up. And then our ball hawking safety finally showing up. Malcolm Jenkins plucked one from there from Antonio Brown. They get three interceptions on the night. And how about that run defense? An NFL record, five runs in the game. They ran the ball five times. And one of those was a kneel down by Blaine, Blaine Gabbert. And it's also to the offense scoring so many points that they just could, they didn't have an opportunity to run. But that just shows that they were majorly outcoached in this game. Majorly. I went onto the Bucks podcast, and their guy, Evan Winter, over there said, Sean Payton has Bruce Arians' number. In this game, he did, and he has in the past. They were outcoached on every single level. Round of applause to that coaching staff, Sean Payton, Dennis Allen. They did a great job having Tom Brady have no time, and that without the pass rush, this game could have been completely different. But shout out those guys up front. And having guys like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette combined for eight yards in the game, that is winning football. And this is a defense that somehow, some way is ranked third in the NFL currently in overall defense. And if they continue to play like this, there's no team in the league better. There's no team. The offense clicking like this, the defense playing this elite like they did last year. This is why so many people had the Saints winning the Super Bowl was because of this defense. And if they keep this going, they're adding Quan Alexander as well. This team is, this defense can carry this team to the Super Bowl if they keep playing like this. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt whatsoever. That is just – last night, I didn't know what I was watching. I, I got to be honest, this defense looked really bad uh, through the majority of the early season. And, you know, I think Nick Underhill kind of hit the nail on the head. Preseason's over now for these guys. And if they continue the momentum, if they play a shadow of what they played last night – the offense is good enough to make up for the whatever percentage of that is missing, but it's a great look when you can come out there and play at, I would take 40% of what we saw last night, as long as it's evenly spread out. And especially from that secondary, if that secondary pulls it together, the defensive line has started to come into focus into play. Um, You keep most people healthy. I know it's impossible to keep everybody healthy. Nobody's going to beat that team. Nobody will beat that team. It'll be the team that everybody thought Tampa Bay was before last night. The first five buck drives, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, interception. That is winning football. And before I switch over to the to the deep or to the offensive side of the ball, 
the Bucks on third down were eleven percent. That's all I'll say. If you if you're if you're if you can hold a team under thirty percent on third down, you're probably gonna win that game. They held them to eleven percent. Is that really your goat, Brady? Not mine. It's not my goat. Not mine. Couldn't be mine. Switching over to the offense, who had literally almost a perfect game, vintage Drew Brees and four touchdowns, taking the touchdown title back right from right from Brady, right from his turf. Four touchdowns. How'd you like Drew in this game? Wow. He was just absolutely insane, you know, and Drew Brees has been great these last couple of weeks. Don't let the media narrative fool you. He was, I I don't want to use this term because I don't use it lightly. He was legendary last night. Drew Brees was legendary in that game against Tampa Bay. And I don't think there's any way you could say otherwise. That performance was insane. He finally got his weapons back. You know, Mike Thomas, not a crazy night by any means of course or you know Emmanuel Sanders had some really nice plays you know Jared Cook not that crazy you know a couple nice plays but it was spread out that was a spread out offense that we expect to see from Drew Brees what was it like 11 guys caught a pass that night and even Taysom Hill came ready to play he can look like a man possessed out there and I know if I said that he would probably be angry about that because of the whole Mormon thing and everything, but he really, he played his lights out out there. And Drew Brees, that was a masterclass. That was a masterclass. And I don't know that we'll see that again from Drew. I don't know that we won't. It's hard to tell. But against a defense that admittedly, you know, has a lot of questions, but is good. That was just incredible. Bruce Arian said, this is why I said they were out coaching this game. Bruce Arian said their game plan going in which we're going to rush for and play zone coverage. Why? That's stupid. Why? And it goes against everything they've done so far this season. Exactly. They try to get cute on Drew Brees for some reason. And Drew Brees is the pinpoint zone accuracy, zone coverage killer. Mm-hmm. He'll kill all that all day. That's what he's good at. And I don't know why they did it, but he picked them apart. They didn't change their, their game plan. He did it all game long, start to finish. And this is a big part right now is – Every single playmaker on the team, every single eligible player to catch the football or touch the football, touch the football in this game. Every single one, every single quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, and not one player besides Michael Thomas had over 50 yards and he had 51. And having losing Michael Thomas, losing Emmanuel Sanders for some games, um, losing who else? Marquez Callaway. Drew has found a way to get a rhythm with all of these guys and in all in one game, we saw it all. We saw Drew Brees on a rhythm with Josh Hill, Traquan Smith, Taysom Hill. Jared Cook had a little bit of a rough game, but he was out there making plays. Adam Trotman had a game, good game. Emmanuel Sanders, of course, and Michael Thomas. He, he, he's Michael Thomas. You're not going to be able to stop him. But mm-hmm. all the playmakers combined that we all know and love for the Saints played well. Alvin Kamara, of course, but not one took over this game. Michael Thomas didn't have 200 yards and two touchdowns. Kamara didn't have over 100 yards and a touchdown or something like that. They all played good enough, and they spread the football. If you spread the football like that, they're unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yep, yep. And the spread offense is so lethal, especially when you have that many play playmakers. And, you know, when you have that many guys on the team, and we said this coming into the year, we said this coming into last year, that many guys on offense that can make plays, and you're continually evolving that playbook, and you're continually bringing guys like Emmanuel Sanders into the playbook further that, you know, are newer to the team – it's going to make a huge difference down the line. And when you change things up from what you're doing successfully in reference to the bucks, 
you usually don't end up on the right side of that. It was stupid. I don't know why they thought that would work. I don't know why you would think here's this hall of fame quarterback. Okay. What we should really do after he knows a lot of pressure is on him is make him play the game that he wants to play. How many times has a coach ever told you to make someone feel comfortable on the other team? It, I don't, I would love to hear what the inside of that locker room was like. I don't know if that was a Bruce Arians call, if that's a defensive coordinator call, whoever it was, they should probably be a coach for the Jets instead of the Buccaneers. <laughs> well, that and the Buccaneers have the best, currently the best run stopping defense mm-hmm. in the league. The Saints ran for 138 yards on them. So a modest 138. It's not like they just we're running down their throat all night, but they're running the ball at will. Taysom Hill was in, and they ran the same play maybe three or four times in one drive with Taysom Hill in. Michael Burton in the slot, they motion him in, and it's a, and it's a power play to whatever opposite side Burton's motioning towards to. And he they did it like two or three straight times, and they just couldn't stop it. That's stuff you do in Madden. You can't do that in real life. On these NFL defenses, they're going to stop that. And the Saints offensive line, shout out those guys. Shout out Andrews Pete, Ruiz, McCoy. They destroyed the inside, and Armstead and Ramchick protected all night very well. And uh, Murray had a great game. Kamara had a great game. They were just running down their throats. It's not like Tampa Bay has done uh, to so many other teams in this league, just absolutely blank the run defense. They flipped the script on them. They blanked uh, Tampa's run defense. The one thing that you could harp on is the turnovers app in this game. Jared Cook fumbling at the one. And Drew Brees is iffy um, strip sack fumble. That's the only thing that could, I, I could say about the offense that wasn't good enough. But I know Drew Brees is going to want to fix those things. And they will. They have a good shot next week with the 49ers as well. But, I mean, this was their perfect game so far this season. Yeah, this was the world-class game. I mean, and it's the kind of game you want. We are at the, well, as of, I think it was like at 3 p.m., the 3 p.m. games that came on. That was the middle of the season. That was the middle of the season. It was like 180 games played and 180 more or something like that. And when you're coming down into the middle to the end of the season, these games are going to go by really fast. And you're going to be looking at a playoff that could be an extended playoff. They haven't announced it formally, but, you know, I think we've all heard the whispers about a 16 team playoff or something just absolutely um, I don't want to use the word stupid, but unheard of Uh, it's unheard of Um, and something that will change the way everyone plays the game. That's almost a new season uh, in terms of how long it would take, but overall you want to be where the saints are at this point, you're playing your best football. You got the worst stuff out of the way and you somehow came through with a win. I mean, if you look at the first time they played the Buccaneers, the games after that, we're not pretty. And then this game, it's just like having a sandwich where the first one really, really good. And then the top really, really good, but it's got some like nasty rotten meat on the inside. And you know, you you don't keep building on that sandwich necessarily. You throw it away and you start with that top piece of bread and you keep building from there. That was the weirdest metaphor I've ever come up with. (laughs) I like Um, it. We're going to run with it though. Spoiled. Eat it. Eat a W. Yeah. Eat a W like it's not spoiled meat. Because event, no, that's it, Brendan. That's it. You keep building because eventually you're going to be able to eat that sandwich like it's a W. Exactly. And I'm glad <laughs> Jameis Winston, he waited to eat this W until he a great did. opportunity. He waited. He made the sandwich. He got the right meat. And it was a great game to use and break that out. And how about that Saints locker room after that game? This is why I think they have a real shot to win it this year. Of course, 
this was always the thing is that how good that locker room, the culture, the coaching in that Sean Payton dancing, tomorrow Davis dancing, they're playing Tron Armstead's music in there. I mean, it's perfect. James Winston dancing, eat a W. I mean, that is world-class locker room. That's a world-class locker room. And I know two weeks ago, none of us would have thought, okay, winning the division. I don't know how realistic that is right now. We're still have a shot, but I definitely, in no one's minds, we were saying number one seed. Let's get the number one seed. And now we're in great position to win that number one seed. They have one game remaining with a team that has a winning record, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, there's some talented teams. There's the Atlanta Falcons twice. We got the Denver Broncos, who are a young, talented team. The Vikings, the Niners. They should potentially run the table, and they, they need to if they want the number one seed because there's the teams coming out their neck, like Seattle, Green Bay. These teams aren't going to lose for a while. And I know Seattle, after getting crushed by Buffalo, they're not going to want to get another game like that. But defense has to keep building on what they did this week, getting Kwan in the locker room. I just think that's going to be another part to the defense and, of course, the locker room. I mean, for, for people at home who don't understand how big a locker room means to a team, when you go out to practice, when you go out to a game, the first place you're at is the locker room. And you want to be with those guys and hyping up with those guys. No fans in any of these games. It's hard to get hyped up for these games. Dancing in the locker room with your teammates, getting hyped, that is the key to the success for the Saints. And I think it puts them a leg up on lots of these teams. And I heard an analogy that, would you rather have the 2020 Los Angeles Lakers or the 2020 Western All-Stars? And you're probably going to take the Lakers because their chemistry. And that's kind of what the Saints did tonight um, or Sunday night having that chemistry, having those good players and the deep roster and the all-stars just are going out there and playing and try to make plays by himself. And that, that, I mean, that's kind of a bad analogy for the bucks, but they got tons of talent on that team, but they made it look like they were playing the New York jets. Yeah, they really did. And uh, if you're watching this game, uh, I have it on my screen on my left here, uh, the, the game tonight that, you know, exactly what that means. They're playing like the jets, but um, yeah, I mean, it is kind of crazy. I didn't even think about actually the end of the schedule being so weird because when I looked at the schedule, you know, at the beginning of the season and obviously, you know, you don't know a whole lot. You never knew that the Falcons were going to Falcon, not just one game, but the entire season, it looked like a stacked schedule from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. And now you keep playing those games. You keep fighting, you win some close ones. And, and I don't want to, I'm going to knock on wood. It looks like you can almost, you know, look forward to a little bit of respite with some of these games. You know, the Kansas City one is going to be hard. It's going to have all eyes on. I know that they had some struggles this Sunday. I was watching that game before I went into work, which is really interesting, but I, they're not going to continue to struggle. A team like that is not going to continue to struggle. And if the Saints can't keep continual play in their secondary, uh, they're definitely not going to struggle against the Saints. But, you know, and a team, if you can beat Tampa Bay by 30-something points, you should be playing with everybody. That team, as much as we like to trash talk them, I will continue to trash talk them until next year or the next time we play them. If you can do that to a team that's that solid to good to pretty good, you should be playing with most teams and you should be playing at a high level with most teams. If they play how they played, even just barely, they can compete with anyone, even the Kansas City Chiefs, who um, have been playing some good football this year but have got some nail biters. And the Saints in past seasons have peaked earlier in the offseason or earlier in the season. And this has been a really different season for the Saints. 
uh, during these past few years, just blowing through these schedules, just killing everyone. They struggled th- these first seven weeks and eight, nine. Um, we're at week nine, I believe. And they just had their best game. They just had their most complete game. Are they peak? Are they getting on the, on the rise at the right time, getting into the harder, you could say harder ish part of the season where you want to grind out these wins in the cold. They got the Niners who are beat up. We'll talk about that later um, in the week. And then they got the Atlanta Falcons twice, two division games. You got another division game in Carolina. And we could see this Bucks team again. I mean, it's very plausible that we see them in the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's a it's a big possibility because that five seed is probably going to play the NFC East. So mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen there? And if with the expanded playoff, who knows? But they got to keep playing tough defense. That I think that's the key for them moving forward is playing good, hard nosed defense. And I think, I think they're doing good. I think, I think now that they've done it, they know they can do it because we haven't seen it yet this season. This is the first game they all put it together. Hopefully they can keep building on that. Yeah, no doubt. The defense was always going to be the key to this season. And I I think more now, now more than ever with some of the struggles that we've seen on the defense, that improvement or that quality becomes ever more important because we saw how these games can really get out of hand if the defense doesn't hold these receivers accountable. Well, Kansas City's knocking on the door. They're coming pretty soon, and that's the team you're going to have to watch for, not only now, uh, but should you, knock on wood, make it to the Super Bowl in the end, that's who you're looking for. I mean, that you're always looking to dethrone the king. And, you know, Tom Brady's been the king for a long time, so they're taking heads. It's Game of Thrones out here in the NFL <laughs> recently. And, uh, well, I guess last night it was – or two nights ago it was Game of Zones. But, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Oh. But, oh, oh, oh. Anyway, um, Bruce Arians is horrible for that. But, <laughs> yeah, I, it, the defense is going to be a huge key, especially that secondary. You know, and I would even go so far as to say Marshawn Lattimore is going to be the key to it. He has to play mm-hmm. everyone like they're Mike Evans. And Marcus Williams had a good night. You know, we saw even DJ Swearinger had some really big plays, some really nice reps that depth, that quality is going to become very, very important down the stretch. I don't know about you guys, you guys listening, but I want to go watch the Hyatts again. I've already watched them 20 times. I'm about to go watch them again. So after this podcast, go watch them again. Go enjoy yourself a nice W and get something nice to eat. You can eat a W with it and go enjoy that thing again because we're done here. And um, we'll be catching you guys up with the 49ers later in this week. Um, it's going to be another classic uh, last last year we had Emmanuel Sanders throw a touchdown against us, and I don't recall if Quan Alexander played in that game. But we got two players who are want to get gonna want to get gonna want to get to some revenge on their former teams. No better time to do it in the Superdome. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Big W. Go watch those highlights again. I'm again. I'm Brendan. He's Nate. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so excited. Who that? Let's go.